Welcome to Time Lapse, Season 5 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. In this season, we track how God works in and through our guests' lives over the course of time. In each episode, you will hear two interviews recorded about six months apart. Of course, we chat scripture, encouragement, and the character of God in both interviews. We dwell richly together in every season. We invite you, sister, no matter your current season, to come along for the journey. the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. My name is Jillian Vincent and I am your host today and this is the season we are calling Time Lapse. So what we are up to this season is we are checking in with a guest and then waiting a period of time to see how God has worked in their heart over that period of time. So we are on the first interview of my friend Megan. Hi Megan. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. I'm glad you're here today. Me too. Um, So would you just real briefly give us a snapshot of who you are and what God has you up to in your season of life right now. Sure. Um, So my name is Megan Rund, and um, I am a Dayton native. Mm. I've lived here my whole life. I left briefly for college, Um, thought I would find my husband there, but I did not, (laughs) Um, by the grace of God, because he gave me just the right guy. Mm. Uh, We've been married 14 years. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we have three kids. Karis is going to be 10 soon. Oren mm-hmm. just turned five and okay. Timon is seven and a half. Okay. And we live in Springboro. Okay. And um, <clears throat> for us right now, um, we're in a season of waiting. Hmm. Um, so we've just been living that um, middle class, comfortable Christian life for mm-hmm. years and Um, in January, my husband suddenly lost his job and we are, uh, tomorrow actually is the last day of his severance, the last day of our insurance and there's nothing on the horizon right Mm. now. Mm. So you might get me a little, (laughs) I got tissues, (laughs) I got tissues girl, but I can just feel that sense of heaviness right now. Yeah. 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 So that's where we're at. Mm. Hmm. So how do you see, you know, God in this place in your life right now? How is he um, speaking into your particular season? Um, I couldn't even tell you mm-hmm. all the ways in the time that we have. So um, I'll just start by um, framing. Um, in the last several years, God has been moving me in a direction that I didn't expect. And, um, that was something that he was very thin. I just flung some (laughs) tissues on the table. (laughs) He was so gracious to reveal to me in specific ways Mm. and prepare me for each step that he wanted me to take. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a planner. I need Hmm. certainty. I need to know that I'm making the right choice. And he's been so gracious to, Hmm. um, give me those opportunities to, to know with certainty that I was like the affirmation. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so, um, in, in some situations, not in all situations, but in some situations that's come in the form of dreams where he has prepared me Hmm. with a dream that he's 
let me know this is important. You need to pay attention to this. Mm. And sometimes that day, sometimes weeks, months later, that dream has come to mind in a situation where he said, see, I told you this was going to happen. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, And so for this situation, the day that Derek lost his job, Mm. that night before he had given me a dream Mm. um, where um, I was... I mean, I can say it's a short dream, I'll just tell you, but mm-hmm. um, I'm a singer. I sing, um, wor- I lead worship at our church. Mm. And so it's not um, a weird position for me to have been in, but I was at Fairhaven. I was supposed to be leading a worship service, and I had in my hands all of the papers and all of the, the song sheets and the set list and all of those things. And I had all these little strips of paper that I had torn that had scripture written on them that I was going to share as well. And I was standing outside the sanctuary, and I grew up at Fairhaven, so it's not weird for me to have been there, but we don't go there now. Mm-hmm. I walked out on stage, and there were lights on the stage, and the sanctuary was dark, but it was full. I could tell it was full. Mm-hmm. And I walked out, and when I looked at my hands, they were empty, and all those pages Ooh, were nerve-wracking. gone. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at Dave Smith, the pastor, and I was like, uh, Dave? It's like the equivalent of being naked for a worship <laughs> exactly. pastor. Like, exactly. where's my music? Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Yeah. All my papers are gone. I don't have my notes. I don't know I don't know what I'm supposed to sing. And he looked at me and said, no worries, no worries. Just, just come and have a seat. We just want to talk to you. We want to hear what God is doing in your life. <laughs> so there were two stools on the stage, and we went and sat down. And I said, well, um... Three years ago, my husband came home from work and said he thought he was supposed to quit his job and start Mm. his own business. Mm. And I said, when my husband is leading me, I follow. And it's the hardest thing that we've ever done, Mm. but it's been three years and God has been faithful. Mm. And that was the whole dream. And I woke up knowing this is important Hmm. and praying all day, God, what are you showing me? Are you trying to prepare me to take this leap? Hmm. What do you need me to follow him in? What, what do I need to follow my husband to? What's he going to lead us to? What are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to submit to? And all day, this is going through my head. And at four o'clock, my husband called and said, Hey, I'm on the way home. And I could tell something was off in his voice. And I said, Hmm is everything okay? Mm. He said, no, I just lost my job. So I started weeping and the weeping became so emotional because that dream, he had given me that dream to prepare me, to prepare Mm. my heart to say, this is going to happen and I'm in it. Mm. You're not alone and it's okay. And um, the other thing that happened in those crazy moments right after he told me what was happening is that God reminded me of a time a couple years prior to that. Um, We had been on vacation. There was this massive storm and our Mm -hmm. basement had flooded like two feet of water in our basement for 10 days while we were gone. Mold everywhere. All of our stuff, like mementos from the kids, like all these things just trashed. And we were displaced from our home for about two months while it was getting fixed. And, um, that was at the time, the biggest thing I'd ever been through. And, um, in that time, in those days, like immediately God had given me things to say, I'm here. 
and I'm with you and it's going to be okay. Hmm. And it was the first, that was the first time in my life where I was going through something so shattering Hmm. to me personally, but I was able to be joyful Hmm. and I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And I knew it wasn't from me. Yeah. And it, it was like this, it was like a tipping point where all the scripture that you read your whole life of, um, joyful in all circumstances, thanks in all circumstances, all those things finally actually meant something real. Yeah. And it's, I I couldn't even explain it to someone to say, this is how you make that real in your life. I think God brings you through that and to that. Yeah. Um, and that's when he did that for me. And so in those moments after Derek lost his job, he was reminding me, remember, Hmm. remember how I brought you through that, how Hmm. hard that was. And I was with you Mm -hmm. and I showed you all those good things. Yeah. And so that was, um, that was something for me as well in those Mm -hmm. moments to just encourage me Mm -hmm. and to let me know you can do that now too. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even remember the question that you asked me. <laughs> well, um, it, was like, it was asking like, how do you see God in your life right now? And I think what you're saying so, is like, you've got, you've got some uh, street smarts now because you have been through something before and it was like, okay, I see that God was with me in that trial and that suffering. He's not going to leave me in this trial exactly. and this suffering. And in fact, he is showing me all the ways he is with me. And so that's bringing me a lot of joy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's definitely, that's the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but another piece of that, and I think one of the reasons why I'm sitting here right now is that in that dream, what he showed me was that what I was getting ready to go through, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what I was getting ready to go through wasn't just for me. That's right. It was for him. That's right. And it was for his family, for his people, mm. um, to show his glory to them. Hmm. And so, it's not just about what he's putting me through. It's not just about what he's teaching me. It's not just about about me. Yeah. It's about how he is going to use that for his glory. Yeah. And yeah. part of what he has tasked me with and humbled me with and blessed me with mm-hmm. is the responsibility to share that with others. Yeah. So yeah. that they can see his glory. Absolutely. And you're doing that right now on the Date Women in the Word podcast. Yeah. I just read a book by um, Brother Yoon. Well, it was about his life. And it, it's uh, he was a um, Chinese uh, pastor in prison multiple, multiple times, gone through many things. God spoke to him in dreams many times. And just the fact of like... Um, He said over and over, what a privilege it is to suffer for the name of Jesus. What a privilege. And he really did look forward to it, not in a masochistic way, but in a way that was like, because I see Jesus everywhere through it. I see his sustainment. I see how he's bringing other people to know him through it. And so it's like this turnaround when she's talking about joy in all circumstances, there is all kinds of joy. And part of that joy is looking forward to the ways, you know, God is at work. Like exactly. you're like, Oh, this is going to be good. Exactly. Like, um, I'm just excited to, to see how that plays out and excited to be a part of it as a part of the podcast, getting to share that right here. Yeah. So cool. So I know one of the reasons we asked Megan to be on here too, is she just loves God's word. <laughs> It's just like we, I, I've only interacted with her a couple of times, but one of those was at, um, 
the Dayton Women in the Word Collective, teaching collective, and it's just like overflowing from her. So I want to hear about how God is using his word to impact your current season of life. Okay. So, um, wow. I have so many notes that I didn't even talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, all right. So as far as the word, it, I, I can't remember a time in my life where I have had, um, such anticipation (laughs) about the next time I'm going to get to read. (laughs) I love that. And it it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, let's have more of that. So, um, I just, I'm so excited to see what happens next. I've been really spending all of my time in the old Testament, Hmm. except for, uh, what we're doing with our small group, which we've been going through James, which is amazing right now as well. That's good for trials. Yeah. Um, but the old Testament has been where I've just been living. Yeah. Um, the Psalms, Hmm. uh, Psalms, Psalms, Psalms. Um, and so the Psalms are just, they're so comforting and they're such a reminder that we're not alone and that every emotion, every emotion I have is in there. Yeah. And I can see how the Psalmists have wrestled with those same emotions and how God has responded to those. And also I can see that it's appropriate for me to have those emotions and that is appropriate for me to express those to God. Yes. And that's so encouraging. Yeah. I love the Psalms because it's like, it's, the, I don't know. I don't know if it's the only book that does this, but it just is so phenomenal to me that it is um, recording what other people say to God and, and God uses what other people say to God to talk to us. Yeah. It's like kind of a, I don't know, like a circular yeah. thing. It's not, it's not like the prophets. The prophets are, this is a word from the Lord right. for you. The Psalms are like, let me pray to God. Let me show you my prayers. And God uses those prayers to speak back to us. Right. Yeah. Cool. And so for me, like I, um, I have struggled for a a good bit of my life with, um, panic attacks and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, um, there have been nights in the last few months where I'm going to bed and I can't shut down that, that terror, that panic about what's next. Mm. Um, and I, on those nights, I put my headphones on my phone, I turn on one of my Bible apps, and I play Mm. the Psalms. I listen to them as I fall asleep. There's, Mm. it's really cool. There's a timer. Mm. You can set a timer for like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. That's really cool. In the YouVersion app, there is, I don't know if any of the others do, but that's the one I usually am using. So I'm a bigger fan of YouVersion every day. (laughs) So I fall asleep listening to the Psalms and it's so comforting. Mm. Um, just the Old Testament in general has been so encouraging because um, God's faithfulness is everywhere mm. um, to Israel. I've been reading through Joshua and Judges mm. and Ruth, and now we're in Deuteronomy mm-hmm. with um, with the challenge for the um, what teaching we're doing collective. for the teaching collective. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't read it yet. Okay, I'm not done with it yet either. <laughs> I, did, I did for 365, but I need to come back to it. So it's just. Um, it's been so good for me just to see God's faithfulness. Mm. And I think that is so important. And, and one of the, one of the reasons why I'm so thankful for that flood experience mm. a couple of years ago, because, um, scripture is full of examples of God's faithfulness and the children of Israel had that. Mm. And they referred to that in, in new Testament times, they were able to look back and see God's yeah. faithfulness to their nation. And so 
when we are able to look at those things in the past and see what God has done in the past, it gives mm-hmm. us peace about the present and it gives us hope for the future. And so wait a second, repeat that. So when <laughs> I don't know if I can. We <laughs> got a quote there. You know, when we are able to look back and see His faithfulness in the past, we can have peace in the present and, and hope, hope for, for the, the future. future. Amen. And that is. I mean, a case in itself for why to read the Bible, but especially the Old Testament where it is chock full of those examples of how faithful the Lord has been. Yeah. And you can't get away from it. Yeah. You cannot. If you're reading the Old Testament, you cannot get away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Something else that that scripture is doing in me, God is doing through scripture in me right now is that... um, I've always really struggled to say God did this in my life or mm-hmm. God, you know, I've always struggled to attribute something to God for mm-hmm. a couple reasons. One, I didn't want to say he had done something when he hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to be foolish. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I also, um, I also didn't want to miss saying that he did do something Mm. when he had. Mm. And so I felt really stuck about how do I talk about God in my life Mm. in an authentic and accurate way. Mm. Um, And I wanted to be faithful to what he was doing in my life Mm -hmm. without being, without misrepresenting him. Okay. So that, that's always been a struggle for me. Um, So I, say, you know, I I would have a hard time saying God did this or he did this thing in my life because what if he didn't? Yeah. Um, And it's hard because sometimes it's, we, we can't be judges of others who say God is telling me to do this. It's really, that's a sticky point for me when, when, um, in, in in particular in discernment, when, um, we were walking through a decision and, the reasoning being, I feel like God is leading me to X, Y, Z. And the trust there that I need to have in the Holy Spirit and they're working in his in their lives because I don't know. I truly don't want to say that God isn't telling them right. to do that. Um, but sometimes there are consequences, or all the time there are consequences for our actions, whether it be good consequences or bad consequences. And sometimes I struggle with thinking like, so you're saying God is telling you to do this, but then there are consequences on other people right. because of that. So I, I, I'm hitting, <laughs> that's hitting home for me, what you're saying. And so being careful about like, about, you know, is God telling us to do something and how can we know that? And, or is he, is that his work in my life or is it not? Right. Yeah. So that's, that's something that it's he's attention. been, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, but he's been moving me Good. in that yeah. area. And so, um, one of the things that I've been thinking about is how can he be glorified if I'm not open about what he's doing in my mm, life? Right on. And, and that means the good things and the bad things. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to say, or I, I don't feel like I should be afraid to say mm. that God took Derek's job away. Mm. That's, it looks like a bad thing, yeah. but, um, this is kind of the sticky point. So I started, I started in my Bible as I'm going through the old Testament and reading through Joshua and judges, I started drawing boxes. Hmm. I started drawing boxes around when I would see God plus hmm. a verb. 
So okay. Okay. So I'm looking. I'm just looking at Deuteronomy, chapter two, and I've boxed. I will begin. The Lord your God had made. I have begun. The Lord our God handed him over. The Lord our God huh. gave. The Lord our God had forbidden. The Lord said. So I just started drawing boxes because I wanted to understand what does God actually do. Hmm. Um, and I'm blown away <laughs> by what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, and there are so many examples in scripture of God doing stuff that from our human perspective looks awful. Yeah. Looks terrible and makes no sense. Yeah. But when you pull back and you look at the whole story, when you look at Joseph, when you look at the exiles, when you look at all of these things that God put his children through, mm -hmm. they are for his grand purpose. Mm -hmm. And in in the exiles, in the in the times of judges when when they were and, and those the language there is so clear. He sold them. The Lord sold them. He mm -hmm. did that. Now, that was a result of their failure to pass the test of giving him honor. That was mm -hmm. that was a result. Of, it was a consequence of their actions of not honoring God and not fearing him. Mm -hmm. But as a result of that, God sold them mm -hmm. into slavery mm -hmm. for decades. Mm -hmm. So how many of them died in that slavery? Right. But even though that was bad, in a human perspective, it yeah. was good in a God perspective. Right. And so I've just Preach. been so challenged. You know, we I feel like we have this language of God allows suffering. God allowed this to happen. And I've just been so challenged to take that a step further mm. and say that he caused it. Mm. I think there are so many examples in scripture of when he does cause things that look bad from a human standard. Mm. But if you look at it from his perspective, from, an, from a heavenly standard, from a heavenly perspective, it's all part of his big plan. Yeah. And earthly suffering brings us to a point of recognizing our need for him, yes. brings us to a point of looking to him and putting our hope in him yeah. and showing his glory. Mm -hmm. there, this trial that we are going through is an opportunity for, I, I picture myself sitting on the edge of like the Grand Canyon, waiting for the sun to rise. Hey, I just went to the Grand Canyon. I've and never I been just there. watched the sunrise on our Easter. Well, we didn't actually see the sunrise because there were clouds, but we went to the sunrise service on Easter. That's got to be amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it, it, people from all all places of on this world were there at that Easter service. Even I'm sure there were so many that didn't believe in Jesus, but pr probably really curious about what an Easter service would look like on the Grand Canyon. And it was a beautiful experience, but yeah. Yeah. Continue on. I just, so I just, I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but I kind of picture myself sitting there waiting for the sun to rise, mm. and I know it's going to be amazing. Mm. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't know what the colors are going to be, but I know that he's going to do something amazing, mm. um, and I get to watch it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not in a position of suffering plus looking to him, hmm. I'm going to miss it. Yeah, yeah. There are multiple times in Scripture where – there is a pause, but like almost like the author hits a pause button so we can reflect and look at what God 
has done and how he has brought them through. Just like you said, I think because we need that hope for the future. Um, Psalm 78 is one of them where it talks about, it goes through pretty much all of God's story up into that point and talks about his actions. And, and there are, are both, um, uh, times where you see his mercy and times where you see his wrath and um, he is sovereign over it all. And it says in the beginning of Psalm 78, we won't hide this from our kids. We're going to tell them to the, the generations mm-hmm. um, because this is who God is. And not only does he tell us to talk about it, but he doesn't want us to forget him. He wants us to keep his commands and remember who it is that is our faithful God. And another part, uh, another time where God does that in scripture is Nehemiah 9. He, um, they kind of just stop and they go over the entire history. Um, and, you know, saying that God, God is a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he does not forsake us. So even in times where he has brought upon suffering it's not in a forsaking way and it it is a way to um show them his sovereignty um to show them you know his consequences which are loving um ultimately to bring them back and for every time that he shows his wrath um there's so much patience behind that there's so much testing that has happened before it got to that point and God is saying, listen, you're not going to turn around unless I give you right. that. And that's grace. Yeah, exactly. That's grace. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. And then I, I was just thinking about like all these genealogies in the Bible, like why there's so many reasons why they're in there, but part of them is to look at the stories behind those people and to decide what kind of generation are we going to be? Are we going to be a kind of generation like Psalm 78 is calling us to be where we remember those things? Yeah. Or are we going to be a generation um, that is um, forgetting who God well, is? Well, um, one of the scriptures that um, really stuck with me when I was reading through Joshua recently, um, and I wrote this one down actually, so it's interesting you're going there. Um, Joshua 4, 1 through 3 says, After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Choose twelve men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, Take twelve stones from this place in the middle Hmm. of the Jordan where the priests are standing, carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. And then ahead to verse 21. In the future... When your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. Hmm. So this is so that, this is so that all the peoples of the earth may know the Lord's hand is mighty and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was for his glory. Mm-hmm. It was all for his glory. And to remind those who are there to teach their children and their children's children and to show the world that the Lord's hand is mighty. And so I want to do the same for my mm-hmm. kids. I want, I want them to know mm-hmm. that God's hand is mighty and that mm-hmm. he is bringing us through this. And so um, I, think, I think that's one thing that... Um, 
is so important for me right now. I've just been trying to keep a a journal, just writing down the things God is doing, just the simple, even mm-hmm. like just tiny little things of things that have happened. Mm. Um, not just for me, <laughs> not just for me to be able to look back years from now when the next trial comes mm-hmm. or weeks or months from now when the next mm-hmm. trial comes to be able to look back and see his faithfulness mm-hmm. to encourage me, but so that my children can look back and yeah. say, look what God did. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Natalie likes to say, not just my good news. Yeah. God's good news and everybody's good news because of it. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So what do you think God's going to do between the time of this interview and next? I'm hoping there's a job. (laughs) (laughs) We're praying on it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really great. But, um, you know, but I recognize that um, my idea of blessing isn't God's Hmm. idea of blessing. Hmm. And so I'm, I'm open, Mm -hmm. I'm willing and I'm, and I'm, just ready to receive whatever that blessing is. And mm-hmm. I know that he's going to show it to us. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not going to look like we expect it to. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool. May this, may this podcast be a stone of remembrance in your life, but in many others lives of when they've been in that place of God, I don't know where you're taking me, but yeah. I'm open. I'm willing. And, uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt that, um, your way is perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Amen. Sister, hey, thanks for being on. We'll catch you on the flip side. Okay. (laughs) Last time we met with Megan, she was right smack dab in a season of waiting. Her husband had uh, lost his job and they were the day before he lost his severance package, um, their insurance. And so Megan was just like, what is going to come next, God? Um, But she had this sense that God was with her and she had this profound statement that she felt like she could have peace for the present and hope for the future because she knew that God is faithful and he would continue to be faithful. So we're going to follow up with Megan today and see how God has been faithful. Welcome back, Megan. Thank you. Glad to have you. We have, it's been a long time since we interviewed. Six whole months. (laughs) Six whole months. So can you give us a recap of Maybe what's changed or remained the same since we chatted last time? So um, when I was here before, I was kind of standing on this cliff. Yeah. A precipice, if you will. Yes, a precipice, um, getting ready to jump off and not having any idea what was going to come. We were... That day I was here was the very last day of Derek's severance package, which Mm -hmm. meant full... uh, compensation and you guys have three kids is that we what have I three kids right? yeah. yep um and I've n- I've been out of the workforce for 10 years yeah. taking care of the kids and raising the family and um so that was our last day of everything our last day of um income our last day of insurance and there was no job hmm. um Derek had had some interviews that we were kind of maybe waiting to hear on but mm-hmm. nothing had come through and so we were just waiting mm-hmm. to see what God was going to do and I was confident mm-hmm. that God was in control mm-hmm. I was confident that he was going to do something amazing mm-hmm. and beautiful and mm-hmm. that um 
I was excited to get to see what that was going to be. Yeah. I'm even thinking of the dream we talked about before, you know, just how God kind of gave you a heads up in a strange way. You might not have realized when you had the dream, but then shortly after you did. But I mean, even him giving that to you seems to give a sense of control that he is over the situation and loving you through it and in, you know, some sort of out of the box ways. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because um, as someone who tries to grab control mm-hmm. at every opportunity and mm-hmm. has to really struggle to release that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am able to release that control, when I'm able to recognize like in this situation that God was completely in control, there's mm-hmm. such freedom mm-hmm. in that and there's such peace and contentment. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me how comfortable and confident and and hopeful I can mm-hmm. be when I let that go and when I trust him mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And when I really trust that he's in control of all the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And even when things are not good, when mm-hmm. th- well, good by our standards. Right, um, right. our even, definitions. Right. And so even when things look scary and bad by the world standards or it's not what we were hoping for, yeah. that being able to trust that that's exactly where God wants me. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it's so freeing yeah. to let go of that control. Sure. There's this uh, question um, we are always asking is like, <clears throat> is this measuring up to what life is supposed to look like? And my pastor this past weekend, he, um, you know, did the analogy of a jig, which I had never heard of. I was thinking like a, like a folksy dance or something <laughs> like that. But um, it, when you are building something, right. a jig is a, um, like if you had a two by four, you would cut a two by four and then you'd yep. measure by that jig. That would be called a jig. If you needed to cut several, you would measure just by that two by four instead of measuring right. every you make time. make a form to make things easier yeah. to duplicate. Like a template. Yeah. And so we sometimes make templates for our lives that are actually not God given. I mean, right. and they look really good. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the hard thing that um, we can sometimes have a hard time swallowing is that they seem really good, but when it gets to the heart of it, it might not actually be what God wants for us and, and not what how God wants us to measure our lives right. by. And so usually in times of crisis, I think sometimes it's made worse when we are measuring by a jig. We're trying to hold so yeah. tightly to that. Yeah, and yeah. The, the same circumstance might have happened to two different Christians, and one might be holding on to sort of God's jig, you know, which is uh, which is ultimately that he is the rock, you know, the solid rock that we stand on. Um, but another Christian might find that they were holding on to another um, so another foundation that wasn't the Lord and it, it, it didn't stand up to yeah. the circumstance that they went, went through. Yeah. So, yeah. So man, I mean, we talked about all that without actually knowing what has been going yeah. on. So, <laughs> so God was doing a lot in your heart before you even knew what was going to happen. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I was ready for it. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I yeah. was trusting. Yeah. Um, And I thought that when we sat back down again, that I was going to be saying, oh, yeah, Derek's got a job. And and I'm not saying that. He doesn't. He doesn't have a job yet. And Mm -hmm. it's been six months Mm -hmm. of unemployment. It's been nine months of having no job. And um, oh, that's hard to swallow. It is. But you know what? There was um, the real time of um, freak out mm-hmm. that I had was just in those first couple weeks in January, yeah. right after he lost his job. Yeah. And, um, and those were 
I mean, that was, it was a hard shift mentally Mm -hmm. because there's so much identity involved in like, this is what our family looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and that was changing so drastically and Mm -hmm. that was so hard. But once we got through that initial part of it, Mm -hmm. even this, you know, season of there's no money coming in, Mm -hmm. um, what that's, that's not totally true. There's unemployment funds, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like our income is less than half of what it was before. Yeah. It's and a huge transition for your it family. It is huge. Yeah. It is huge. And there's so much to be thankful for that we, we don't have any car payments. We have a very affordable house payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, and there've been things that God has been, I mean, I can look at, at what our circumstances have been and, and really believe that he has been supernaturally prolonging things that shouldn't be okay that Mm -hmm. we should have had to put money into that Mm -hmm. you know I mean there have been ways that he's protecting us Mm -hmm. um in that way but also just the way he's been providing and I can look at I've been very strict about our budget every month and I can honestly tell you that the math does not make sense (laughs) it does not make sense that this is what's coming in Mm -hmm. and that our emergency fund is still intact yeah that yeah. does not make sense Praise at all, the Lord. but the that's Lord. what he's doing. Yeah. And, um, this is one of the, I think this is kind of my biggest, what's, what's he really been doing? And I don't know if this is his purpose, but this is certainly the fruit of what mm-hmm. he's been bringing us through mm-hmm. is that I prayed for years that he would help me to have an open hand mm-hmm. because I, my past and just the way I was raised and I, I'm very materialistic Mm -hmm. and I have such a closed hand when Mm -hmm. it comes to even tithing. And Mm -hmm. I've struggled my whole believer's life Mm -hmm. with tithing Mm -hmm. and being legalistic about like, well, is it before taxes or after taxes? And like, those aren't the questions you should be asking if your heart is in the right place. Sort of like, am I running towards righteousness or am I on the line of, is this okay or not? Right. Yeah. What can I get away with? Right. Right. And so... He has, since the beginning of, uh, since the day that Derek lost his job, mm-hmm. um, there was just this heart change in me that said, God, whatever we have, you are getting your portion. Mm-hmm. And there's not been a time in my life where I can say that that has been my heart mm-hmm. or that that's even been my action out of, mm-hmm. you know, my legalistic attempt to mm-hmm. fulfill that call. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> um, while we have had so much less, mm-hmm. We've been so purposeful mm. in making sure that the first thing we do mm. is giving God his portion mm. because we have so unbelievably recognized <laughs> that everything that we have right now is because of his hand being yeah. open to us. Yeah. And so um, that has been probably the biggest thing. And I, I just, I'm reminded of the widow's might. And Yes, of, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I read that this morning. Yeah. And so um, just that. Um, I'm just so prayerful that as we go forward and whatever God has for us going forward, if our income is going to increase, that that is a heart change that is permanent for us. Yeah. For me, I should say, because my husband has always been all in on tithing and I've been holding him back. Mm. Um, and so that's been, it's been a joy too. And it hasn't been like a superstitious thing, like, oh, we better give this to God. So he takes care of us. It's been a a true heart recognition of God, you are giving us everything right now. Yeah. And what can we do, but give it back to you? Yeah. 
Oh, I have so many thoughts, uh, but I was thinking of those t- of actually two instances from the word that really uh, seem to line up with with your story, and that is, I believe it's, um, gosh, either Elijah or Elisha. Now I get them mixed up. <laughs> All the time, but I believe there was a widow in that yep. uh, account whose oil kept yep. replenishing. Yep. And, um, and Megan's looking looking some things up, but I, I just read I this a few weeks ago. Oh, see, we're reminding each other because I don't remember exactly where it's at in scripture. But it sounds like your your story of this does not make mathematical sense right. that we should be making ends meet, but we are. Yeah. And that reminds me of how God provided in that, that story. Yeah. And it, that, it was Elijah. I know that. Okay. I just don't remember where it was, but it was in first Samuel. Cool. Um, <clears throat> we'll find it. You can keep looking and I'm going to bring up uh, Mark 12, um, 43 and 44 is where, um, there's this widow that is giving everything she has, um, and it's two small copper coins, which mm-hmm. made a penny. So she had a, the equivalent of, of a penny um, that she was giving and putting that in the offering box. And uh, Jesus calls his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, mm-hmm. has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And it was convicting to me this morning because I don't often feel like I'm at a um, poverty when I'm giving in regards to finances necessarily, but mm-hmm. I do feel that way when I give my time and when I give of um myself of my of my gifts I always often feel out of poverty when I'm giving to my kids and Mm -hmm. and to my husband um like man like I don't know if there's anything left in me to give and I think that means poverty I mean when you have nothing left yeah to give and you give anyway that's giving out of your poverty and I think sometimes we have this lie that we have to have abundance to be able to give. Yeah. I mean, there's this real lie sort of in our society. Again, it's it's wrapped up really pretty um, in this like sort of a belief that we can have perfect balance ab- yeah. on everything. The more I have, the more I can give. Yeah, exactly. And gosh, I think I think the, the part of it that's hard is that there's there's often a bit of truth to it, you know that can get twisted, but here I see an example of a woman who gave everything she had, even out of her poverty, and Jesus praised her. That's not a balanced life, you know? Um, And so that's so, so hard to grasp when we think about that, even as moms who are exhausted or, you know, everything like that. But then I think we're still trying to do things out of our own strength instead of relying on on the Lord when we are called to give more than we Mm -hmm. think we have. Um, and are questioning where the next is going to come from. So um, she found it. I found it, and I, I, I said first Samuel. It was first Kings, actually. Awesome, um, first Kings. Yeah, first Kings chapter 17. 
and about that is it it was a widow as yeah, well a yeah a widow and um elijah went to her after god told him to yeah um he said i've commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there mm. and she was on her own with her son and they had their last bit of oil and they were ready to die after yeah. they made bread from that oil and that yeah. was all they were going to be able to have yeah and um in, instead of saying, no, we have nothing, you need to leave, yeah. they they took him in. I mean, just both of these stories are b- called upon wid- widows to give. Yeah. And there's a reason why in the Bible there was so much call to take care of widows because they were at such a disadvantage in their society of that day. Um and so there's so much to learn from these particular stories with how God provided for them to give mm-hmm. to others. That's so beautiful. Yeah, and what was really interesting to me here that I that I made notes about too is that um, when she met him, when the widow met Elijah, she said, as the Lord your God lives, like she didn't even claim God as her own. Hmm. And Elijah corrected her yeah. and, and said, he's your God yeah. too. Yeah. And so at that... She, out of that faith of mm-hmm. not even initially saying he's my God, mm-hmm. she took him in and was obedient mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and the way that the Lord blessed her. And she shows up later in the story too. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a great story. Yeah. So much application so for much. all of us and it, for it faith I'm, and, um, and just identity yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, over and over different things to learn there. I'm grateful that we can open our Bibles together and really learn from that. And that goes into our next question, which is what truths do you know now that you would want to tell yourself in the first interview? Like, what do you want to tell Megan six months ago? Um, so first I'm going to touch on this dream that we talked about in the first session that God had given me this dream the day that Derek lost his job. And that was something that I carried on my heart through this whole process. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still in the process, but, um, just that I knew certain things from that dream. I knew that God was going to do something. I knew that Mm -hmm. he was in control and I knew that he was going to bring glory to himself through our Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. and that it was going to be public glory in some way, whether it's this podcast or however it is that there was going to be glory to him. And, um, what I didn't know was God, how literally do you want me to take some of the circumstances of this dream? Mm -hmm. Like how literally do you want me to take this idea that Derek started his own business like Mm. is that just part of the dream or is that legitimately should I be really encouraging him to do that right like where are we with that and so after our last conversation um God continued to put Derek in situation to have interviews with other companies that weren't quite ready to hire someone but still needed help. And so mm-hmm. he started getting requests here and there for freelance work. And awesome. so it continued to, I mean, he's still getting, he gets a few a month. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> there was a point where I just felt God circling me back to the stream, like, mm. hey, maybe this is what God is actually doing for us. Yeah. Maybe this is his answer. Yeah. And so I had a conversation with Derek about it. And um, what was really neat was when this was all kind of coming to a head, I was at the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference yeah. in June. And um, 
I was there with a good friend, Jordan, Mm -hmm. and I was sharing with her, like, I'm not sure what's going on. God's Mm -hmm. putting this on my heart in a big way. And I think Mm -hmm. maybe this is what we're supposed to be doing. Maybe Mm -hmm. he's just supposed to be all in for freelance. And Mm -hmm. maybe we're just supposed to trust God in that way. And, um, and she said to me, you know what? I think what you need to do is step forward in faith. Mm. And if it's not the right thing, God is going to show you. Mm. Literally five minutes after that conversation with her, I talked to Derek, mm-hmm. telling him, this is where my heart's at. Yeah, I want you to be praying about this. I'm going to be praying about this this weekend while mm-hmm. I'm here learning about Deuteronomy. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and he said to me on the phone, babe, I think that we should just go for it. And if it's not what God wants, he's going to tell us. So <laughs> here like he's giving you the same messages exactly, at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So God was just confirming in my heart that, yeah, you're supposed to step forward right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's where, that's where we've been going. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been talking about <clears throat> what does that look like and how yeah. can we continue to grow this and um, let's pursue this. Mm-hmm. And so um, – we are going in this direction until God makes it clear that we're not supposed to. And so yeah. there was a moment um, we had our, our kids started school. Our youngest, <laughs> our youngest guy is five mm-hmm. and started kindergarten. And so um, usually these first oh, the days, youngest I know, <laughs> and usually these first days are things that as a mom at home, I'm doing them by myself. I'm putting the kids on the bus for their first day and taking pictures and Derek's at work. But he was home this year. Mm -hmm. He was home. And so um, we went and took him to school on his first day together. And Mm -hmm. when we were leaving and we were holding hands and walking through the parking lot and I said, see, unemployment has its perks. Yeah, for sure. And he said, you know, I don't see myself in that category anymore. Hmm. I don't consider myself unemployed anymore. I'm, I'm self-employed. Hmm. And so there was this mental shift hmm. that happened in him a few weeks ago that's been kind of, God's been just bringing us along hmm. and so graciously and so patiently yeah. working with us and showing us his faithfulness mm-hmm. bit by bit so that we can look forward at something mm-hmm. that a year ago would have been unthinkable. Yeah. And we can look forward and say, we have hope. And mm-hmm. just like um, in, uh, <clears throat> goodness, where are we? In, uh, I'm trying to remember, the Ebenezer. Where's mm-hmm. the Ebenezer? I just talked about this in church on Sunday, too. Um, <laughs> like um, Ebenezer's stones? Yeah, like the Joshua? Ebenezer stone, it was, mm-hmm. no? it was, I think it was Samuel. Okay. Who... Here I go with Samuel again. I could be wrong. Um, (laughs) I'll look it up. But God was telling whoever the prophet was, um, you guys need to go and and pray. Mm -hmm. You need to go and pray. And so maybe it was Elijah. (laughs) Anyway, he said, he he got the people and they went into this valley Mm -hmm. and they went there to consecrate themselves and to pray and Mm -hmm. to ask for the Lord's help. And while they were there, the Philistines got word. Mm-hmm. that they were out in this valley. And this was a valley where they had been defeated by the Philistines prior. Mm-hmm. They had suffered horrible defeat there, and they were praying there and saying, God, we need you. They were turning their hearts mm-hmm. and saying, we're going to change, and we need you with us. Mm-hmm. And the Philistines came, and the prophet, whose name I don't remember, <laughs> um, prayed and said, God, be with us. And they defeated the Philistines. Hmm. And so then he said, the prophet said, you know, 
we are going to set up a stone and, mm. and he called it Ebenezer and it means stone of hope. Mm. And so what he was saying in that moment was the journey is not over. Mm. The, the fight is not over, mm. but here we can stake our claim and say, God is with us mm. and we can look at this and remember that you have sustained us and you have fought for us and mm. you have done these things for us and you have been faithful mm. and we can have hope. Yeah. that you are going to be with us to the end. Amen. And so that song, um, Here I Raise My Ebenezer, mm-hmm. hither, to, hither, hither by thy help I've come, mm-hmm. and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arri- arrive at home. Yes. And so that's kind of where we're at right now is like we're staking a claim and saying God has been with us. Mm. He has been faithful, and we are grateful and we are thankful. Yeah. And we and we want to remember this, mm. and we want to shout it to those, and we want people to see that this is where God has brought us, and we have hope yeah. that He's going to continue to be faithful. He's yeah. going to continue to take us where He needs us to go. I have never known what that meant in that song. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been singing it for years, and I'm sure many listening. But I had remembered that there was a story about an Ebenezer stone, but I didn't realize that it meant, you know, stone of hope and with the context around help, it. Actually, I keep saying hope. It means stone of help, that of God help. helped us. Still, so yeah. powerful in that in that song yeah. when you know that. So... Um, how has God taught you about his character or his ways since the first interview? Um, and then we we talked a little bit about the word, but if there's any other passages that um, God has brought up to you that have really spoken to you over this period of time. Yeah. Um, I think just what's been one of the things that's been really amazing to me is we we were kind of talking about BSF a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. before we came in. And, um, one of the ways that BSF was so valuable to me when I first started going was that it gave me structure, um, Mm -hmm. and a deadline. I'm a deadline person. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything without a deadline. So it gave me structure and responsibility Mm -hmm. to be in the word every day. And it gave me purpose, Mm -hmm. accountability and purpose to be in the word every day. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I've struggled with my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I needed that so badly to where the summers without BSF, it was, it was horrible. Hard. Yeah. I couldn't bring myself to be in the word. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, this ever since all of this started back in January, God has been just building this hunger and thirst Mm -hmm. in me for his word in a way that I've never experienced before. And I've had no structure. I've had Mm -hmm. no one telling me, you need to read this by this Mm -hmm. date, and we're going to ask you these questions, and you need to be able to participate. There's been nothing. Yeah, It's just been me and God, Mm -hmm. and I've been so excited. Not every single day, because craziness takes over sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I... 95% 95% of these days, yeah. there's just been a, a joy when I wake up of, I get to read the word today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has been taking me through the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I've never felt a need for the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And it has been a hunger that mm-hmm. I cannot satisfy. So cool. And um, starting back in Joshua, mm-hmm. and I'm in Second Kings right now. Mm-hmm. 
and just been reading through and asking God what he wants to show me in those mm-hmm. passages. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I kind of went back through and sort of looked through some things um, this morning before coming in, just mm-hmm. like what's really hitting home and, mm-hmm. and what has God really been showing me? And over and over, I keep coming back to Joshua and just this model that we see throughout Joshua where like there's this pattern of God saying, this is what I'm asking of you. Mm-hmm. This is what I promise mm-hmm. to do for you. That's step one. <laughs> God speaks and says, this is what I want and this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want to do for you. Mm-hmm. And step two is the choice that mm-hmm. the people have to be mm-hmm. obedient mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And in those times, there are so many beautiful ones in Joshua to look back at mm-hmm. where the people are saying, yes, Lord, mm-hmm. and they're doing what he's asking them. Mm-hmm. Step three, we just see God's overabundant faithfulness mm-hmm. and his um, His willingness to answer and his willingness to, to keep his promise. He yeah. keeps his promises. And so that's been something that um, I've just been seeing over and over in this season mm-hmm. is that... Um, God's asking for obedience. Mm. And I'm seeing that when I'm giving that to him, mm-hmm. there's faithfulness yeah. behind it. Um, <clears throat> one of the passages I wanted to read is in Joshua 7, yeah, uh, verses 11 through 12. It says, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to give a little bit of context. So yeah. this is one of those times where the people didn't do what God was asking of them. And unbeknownst to Joshua, there were people in the tribes who were worshiping false gods. Mm. And who, I'm sorry, they weren't worshiping false gods. They had taken things from the temple. Okay. And they were using them improperly. Mm. And um, so Joshua didn't know this, but he assumed wrongly that God was breaking his promise. Hmm. And because he didn't know that had happened, and instead of trusting that God was going to be faithful, he questioned God's character and he thought hmm. God is breaking his promise. And so the Lord then said Gosh, to we Joshua, we do that all the time, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Why would God do this to me? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so in Joshua 11, the Lord is speaking to Joshua and he's, I'm sorry, verse 11, chapter seven, he says, mm-hmm. God says to Joshua, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant that I appointed for them. They have taken some of what was set apart. They have stolen, deceived, and put those things with their own belongings. Mm. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. Mm. And so reading that this morning and reflecting on how God has just been opening my heart so that I can have an open hand mm. with what he has given me, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm looking at that. And, and this to me is a picture of my heart yes. of not being willing to give back to him what mm. is his. Mm. Um, and that when I'm disobedient, in those things that I'm missing blessing Hmm. and, and that when I miss those blessings, if I am not in the word and if I'm not focusing on him, I'm misinterpreting that Hmm. as him not giving me something Hmm. as opposed to something is going on in my heart that needs Hmm. to be dealt with. Hmm. And so, um, I even had written way back when I read this several months ago, does this point to how God feels about us when we fail to tithe? Hmm. And, so that was that was a big thing. But yeah, just in Joshua, just that model of God promises mm-hmm. and he, he asks our our faith, he asks for our obedience. Mm-hmm. And when we give that to him, there's so much 
waiting for us yeah. to be enjoyed. I think sometimes we, I, I've been convicted lately that a lot of times we um, are obeying with wrong motivation uh, uh, towards an outcome that we think should happen or a goal that we think should happen instead of obeying because God has, has told us to and we want to honor him and glorify him and he has promised so much. And so those things are are secure. Even if the goals or outcomes that we would like to see do not happen, like God God is has already won all battles. And we Bethany reminded me, uh, our other podcast host um, reminded me that so often we see the middle of people's stories, mm-hmm. but God sees from beginning to end. Absolutely. And I feel like even in this time lapse season, you know, it was not two interviews that were a beginning and end. Right. It was a middle and another middle. Yeah. And um, we can so trust that God has such, you know, such a beautiful plan yeah. in mind and that we obey um and and we do get blessings by by that obedience and joy from that obedience um and the biggest one i think is is getting closer to him and being closer with him in that that um obedience you know is is being with him and there's this sort of um when you let go of everything you think it should look like and do the do what God is just calling you, then there's this trust that has yeah. to happen between you and the Lord. Yeah. Um, that won't happen until you are in a situation where you have to trust him right. and have to let go of those right. things. Um, so good. So we are wrapping up here, um, but is there anything else you'd want to share with our listeners before we go about how God has challenged you in your walk with him um, in these past six months. Yeah, so I actually, that's a really good segue, what you just said, because I did have one more verse I wanted to share that um, in Deuteronomy, and actually Jesus refers to this in Matthew Mm 4.4, but the reference is from Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. 8.3, and it says, he humbled you, this is Moses speaking to the people, mm. he humbled you by letting you go hungry. <laughs> then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your fathers had not known, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, yeah. but on every word that comes from mm. the mouth of the Lord. Mm. And I mean, that pretty much can sum up this whole season for me that um, God has brought these hardships into my life. And I believe that he has, and Mm -hmm. I trust that he has, and Mm -hmm. there's peace in knowing that he has, because if he is in control of Mm -hmm. those hardships, Mm -hmm. I'm safe. But if he is not, what does Mm -hmm. that mean about my safety? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm confident that I'm right where I'm supposed to be, Mm -hmm. that that he has put me here, he has let me go hungry, so that I might learn Mm -hmm. that I can't live on bread alone, Mm -hmm. and that it has to be him. Amen. Awesome. I can think of no better way to end this interview, Megan, but I just want to say thank you to you for being with us both these times and letting us uh, get a bird's eye view of what God's doing in your life. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our heart for you is that you become a mighty, awe-filled woman of God who knows, believes, and shares God's word in your areas of influence. We'd love to connect with you on our website, DaytonWomenInTheWord.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify. 
In the meantime, we fervently pray Colossians 3, 16 through 17 over you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
Man does not live by bread alone. Bread alone does not buy bread alone. This is for you, Jordan. You're welcome. There's a Slugs and Bugs CD that I listen to with my kids, and it's just straight scripture. 